Welcome to Masters of Employee Development, Mike Acker's podcast devoted to training team members in any type of organization. As a best-selling author, corporate trainer, and business leader, I seek out guests each week to discuss training successes, challenges, and best practices. On this show, you will hear from incredible CEOs, HR directors, and other experienced managers responsible for leadership and development. Lean in, listen, and take part in a community dedicated to improving life through increasing leadership. What would it look like if you made pursuit of happiness one of the values of your team or your company? What would be the results? Today, you will find out with the CEO of Credly, Jonathan Finkelstein. Welcome, Jonathan, to Advance with Mike Acker and Masters of Employee Development. So great to have you on the program. It's great to be here, Mike. Thanks for including me in the conversation. Absolutely. And I always like to start out with this question just so our listeners have a chance to understand who they're learning from as we talk about leadership and development. So a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your company before we get going. Sure thing. So uh, I'm Jonathan Finkelstein. I'm the CEO of Credly. Um, We founded Credly for the uh, purpose of helping organizations make better human capital decisions uh, on the basis of what people actually know and can do. In fact, our vision is a world in which every person has the ability to connect and live up to their full potential on the basis of their their skills and their abilities. Um, And that's really what, what Credly is focused on. And it's one of the reasons I thought was so interesting to have you on the program is your your company is is essentially doing what we are trying to to tell people to do here, but you've actually systematized it. That's right. In fact, I I think in a lot of ways we're enabling organizations who have um, uh, an ethos around our culture around learning to try to create a way of scaling the impact of that learning, of helping people connect to the right next opportunity within their organizations, or in some cases at their next job, um, or going from a learning experience to a work experience and back to learning again. You should be able to have uh, a trusted record of what your skills are, uh, regardless of your professional pathway, so that each time you enter a new situation, a new context, a new company or organization, you don't have to reprove what it is you actually know and can do, you have the trusted evidence in a data-rich way that um, that the future organizations and the future people that meet you will be able to rely upon. So you can hit the ground running and pick up right where you left off. I think that's incredible. A lot of the times that I get to work with somebody, I was in California was two weeks ago now, working with Tony Smith, who's actually on the program as well. And they have this whole ethos of that. It's exactly what you're talking about here, that development, that culture, that track record, and really setting people up for success. I've always loved that quote that if you get, if you help enough people get what they want in the world, you'll end up getting what you want. I, I think that's, I think that's, that, that's right on. I think if you empower people with um, uh, really, you know, when we talk about human capital, it's often used in a very um, aggregate sense. We talk about it as if there are large pools of people uh, who are just waiting uh, to be deployed to almost like supply chain and inventory. But these are individual people with unique skills. Um, and those skills deserve to be recognized as they are demonstrated. And they also, uh, we have the ability to honor people by and uh, by putting those skills to use in new ways that help them live up to their potential. And I think um, traditionally human capital has been a really difficult thing to 
wrap our heads around. Um, how do you quantify or describe someone's skills? How do you take two people who've done the same learning experience and allow each of them to have the sense of empowerment that comes from describing those skills in a way that can be trusted? Our approach has been, well, let's not leave it to the individual to describe their own skills. Let's have the third parties that see them in action, that assess them, that certify them, that issue them certifications, issue a, a trusted form of recognition. We call them credentials or digital credentials so that when you go from place to place or you're looking at potentially moving up within your current workplace, there's a common language for skills so that every person who completes the same training program at your company or who goes outside to a third party to pick up new skills or get certified can bring those back in a consistent, trusted way. And that means decision makers, people who are thinking about your next step within a company who have influence over where you go next, um, can have um, that use that same language when it comes to making those critical people decisions. Yeah, yeah. Out of curiosity, what was your background that led to this? Because there's a lot of passion here. I hear about that development and really having people take their achievements with them and not be forgotten. So, how did this come about in your own in your own story? Yeah. Well, I think from a from a, a company building perspective, um, Credly was born out of. Um, my two prior experiences building building companies. The first was uh, essentially using the kind of tools that you and I, Mike, are using today for real-time conversation online. Uh, we built one of the first real-time meeting platforms well before uh, uh, Zoom existed and, and well before FaceTime. Uh, this was new at the time, uh, but what we realized was um, people could learn from expertise and build communities around people that they weren't necessarily even directly in front of uh, every day. And a lot of learning began to happen at scale online. And a lot of it was happening off the record where people couldn't actually capture or, uh, or um, prove uh, what was happening in those um, sometimes very serendipitous types of, of learning experiences. Um, so my second uh, company was very much focused on how do you help organizations that have the credibility often the brand that backs uh, what it is they teach and help people learn and develop um, to actually um, do that at scale in a global way. We worked with large organizations like the Smithsonian and Intuit and the American Library Association, all groups that were trying to upskill large numbers of people in new skills uh, at scale in new ways. And that's what ultimately led to Credly, which was how do you, with learning happening everywhere all the time and all different channels, uh, both face-to-face -face and online, there has to be a better way than a, you know, a paper certificate to recognize the skills. We have to be able to capture the, the way academic institutions have long captured course completions and degrees on transcripts. Shouldn't there be a way of having some trusted record of your skills that cuts across all of the different groups you work with? That's one of the things that's, I think, uh, uh, notable about this this new approach to recognizing learning is it doesn't just stay within the silos in which it happened. It's almost like bringing your, your punch card, if you will, to every organization you meet with, and they get to add uh, to your record in, in a way that that's, that's trusted. So that's, that's where it came from. I think on a personal level, Mike, um, for me, this concept is, um, I, I, when I, when I think of, uh, about it, I've, I've had a lot of, um, uh, opportunities to earn credentials that have given, uh, me perhaps credit that I don't deserve in the world growing up. And I think that's given me uh, some privilege that um, that uh, might at times be quite unwarranted. I see a lot of people every day who are skilled in alternative uh, approaches than the ones we typically screen for when we're making 
hires and promotions. Um, most of the people I know who have the most important uh, skills and are able to apply those every day, pick them up through um, self-motivated training or seeking out learning outside of their company or taking on progressive responsibilities. Uh, and yet they don't have necessarily the, the fancy degree or uh, proof points um, that uh, that some people uh, have. And I think everyone should be able to tell their full story and get credit for what they know and can do. And there's a lot more opportunity uh, waiting for a very large pool of qualified talent that usually gets summarily dismissed at the top of hiring funnels because people rely on outdated and uh, proxies and, and often ones that have a lot of systemic bias built into. Uh, this is fascinating. I feel like we can also now go into all these different branches, but I'm going to bring it back into employee development since that's what we are yeah. focusing on. But that's fascinating. And I always encourage people when, when we have fascinating guests on here that go check it out. And we'll always put the link to Credly there as well as your LinkedIn if you want that as well. Well, let's talk about some leadership here. First of all, I always like to give people a chance to brag on somebody they've had a chance to develop over the course of time. So is there someone that you want to uh, maybe highlight here from this company or a previous one? Yeah, thanks for the opportunity to shine the spotlight on, on some amazing uh, colleagues. Um, I'm very lucky to work with uh, people who are super um, uh, mission-driven and who really care about their own development. They know that if they're not developing, our company is not developing. Um, today alone, I think we're announcing uh, three uh, at least three promotions uh, this year. We've well, we've added over forty percent new staff to our team. We've um, uh, we, we've we've promoted over twenty percent of our employees this year already. So there's a lot of growth happening at Credly. So I could point to a lot of uh, individuals. Um, if I to to give you one, uh, I think wonderful highlight. Um, our head of people operations, what many companies call HR, uh, is an amazing success story. Um, she is someone who uh, came to human resources through her own professional development. Um, she, uh, uh, although she has some college under her belt, she did not complete uh, a college degree, but went on to earn professional certifications, including ones from HRCI and human resources. Uh, she's now working on a SHRM credential. She started with us um, as director of people operations and um, really took on an incredible amount of responsibility, uh, more than we even expected her to when we hired her. Uh, she was our first uh, HR person uh, at the company and, um, and has now been promoted to be the head of HR and VP of people operations and is, is building out uh, her team while she's also being a great mentor uh, to our managers and our executive team. So this is somebody who, if you were to have used the typical approach to screen for in, a, in an application, might not have actually surfaced um, for an interview by a large number of companies today that still rely on screening candidates based on what I think are very outdated proxies for skill and, and, and leadership abilities. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, some time ago, I was working with some people and developed like five points. And this is two exactly what you're talking about, five areas that's going to show whether you're successful in the business world. And you got to have a degree of intelligence. You got to understand it. You got to under be able to wrap your mind around it. You got to have some technical skills, whether developed through college or from credentials. Then you have to have communication skills to some degree. Then you have to have people skills like emotional intelligence and then drive. And as you're talking about it, you didn't mention some of these areas, but I'm thinking nobody rises to that level without some of these. And although the, yeah. the background, the credentials weren't the typical ones, 
she was able to use the drive to develop new ones and develop that experience and that that background. absolutely that that's right mike and, and it actually has a, a ripple effect when yeah. uh, people see in a leader someone who has that drive who has that emotional uh, intelligence the ability to communicate um they um recognize that they too um can chart their own path um, it doesn't mean you have to break completely new ground but you can look for inspiration in people who have found alternative ways to you know to 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 achieve professional goals and and to to the extent people are interested to be leaders um yeah it's super inspiring i love it well thanks for highlighting the the hr people people director operator what was the yeah, title you, you gave it? Uh, you know, and, and, and just as a, a side note, I, I, don't, I don't know how other companies uh, feel about this, but, you know, for us, even as a tech company and building a, a, a network, um, we're people, we're people first company, you know, uh, 80% of, of uh, most companies expenses are probably at least, you know, in, in tech are, are, are their people. So um, if you're not thinking about um, a uh, a pe people operations as a critical partner to your leadership team, uh, and you're thinking about it still through the lens of compliance or a legal function, um, you're missing a huge opportunity to develop your, your, your team. So people ops to us is, is, uh, is, is a partner to every single part of the business. I think that's a great takeaway right here for the audience too, that we have a lot of people who are entrepreneurial mindset. They want to start something up. They want to go for it. And so they're listening in, at successful startups to think about how do I maximize this? And so I think that's a great, great takeaway. Now you're growing tremendously. And in a time of the great resignation, you are promoting and hiring. So talk to us about some of the challenges you are facing because that brings new challenges. And in, in the midst of all of this, how are you navigating challenges? And what's, what type of challenges are you facing now in today's world about developing leadership? Yeah, it's a super timely question, Mike. Um, I think one of the, uh, the, the areas of, uh, I think an area that's challenging for every leader, especially at a, a high growth company that's moving from startup into growth mode, or perhaps it's a larger, more established company that's looking to innovate and do some form of digital transformation. I think, I think companies at, at all stages may have this in common, which is how do you know when to change up your own portfolio as a leader? When is it time to actually pass on either certain tasks to a new generation to take on what the next challenge is? How do you know when you've created a system uh, that allows you to, um, uh, to either automate or properly scale the work you've been doing? Because at a fast growing company, there's new challenges. A leader cannot continually be working on the same challenges month in, month out. They have to solve for them, decide that they're not worth solving, uh, or uh, and move on, or they need to get them solved and move on to the next thing. And that's either going to happen um, through uh, a technology solution. It's going to happen through uh, a, a go-to-market or a partnership, or it's going to happen through through staffing and thinking about how do you properly either source or delegate or set up um, the company for success around that challenge. So it's it's solving and moving on. Uh, and um, and I think it's very difficult for myself included uh, just to be super clear about this, to know when to do that, um, to know when you've crossed over that, uh, that dividing line, when something can uh, be transitioned. I, I love um, their, um, uh, the, the concept uh, that Molly Graham speaks about around giving away your Legos um, that if you're not, everyone loves to play with Legos. They're having so 
much fun. Um, and yet if you're growing, you need to be giving away your Legos, like, like regularly every, every month or two, you need to be rethinking what's on your own plate. If the company is going to keep growing and that works its way down from your executive team to the leadership, to the managers, everyone needs to be thinking about, uh, about how do I, I do that? When you look at some of the metrics that SaaS company, companies use about the number, the amount of revenue per employee, that's a telling function, a telling KPI, because it means that the people across the company are figuring out how to do their jobs better, how to make better use of time so that the company can do a lot more um, uh, with fewer resources. The company may be growing, but you don't want to grow to just keep adding people on to do uh, a lot of uh, work that um, could either be automated or could be done more smartly. I think that's one of the biggest challenges that any leader uh, faces. What do you think are some of the things that keep people from passing on their Legos to others? Uh, what, so that's a good question. So what might be some of the things that create that re resistance or, or reluctance? I think probably the number one thing, and I, I speak for myself, but I do see this in others is it, it takes time to invest in doing something better. And when you're super busy and there's a lot going on, often the last thing you want to do is do more work in order to then see a path towards less work. Uh, and you have to be able to create time in your calendar. You have to be able to prioritize the work it takes um, to be able to outgrow the function of the thing that you are doing. And so finding that time and helping managers and executives and people across the company in any role um, uh, figure out how they're going to invest. That sometimes it's professional development. It's figuring out how to do something differently or better. Sometimes it is a technology solution or looking for uh, some kind of a, a, a build that, um, that does something more smartly. And, and the other, I think the second thing is just knowing that sometimes something is just not as important as the, the, the next thing, knowing when to put something on the side or say that good enough is good enough. Let's go on to the next big challenge. Yeah, I think that's so true. I mean, the first third of the, the transfer, you lose energy and time. The second third of the transfer of, of that role, you end up kind of breaking even. And it's not until the third part that you start getting ahead. But that first, that first third of that transition. Whew, Absolutely. Killer. And yet when you emerge on the other side, um, it feels great. Um, <laughs> and so the more you do it, the, just like just like when working out or exercising, if you haven't been doing it for a while or, or at all, and you, you're just dreading getting onto the treadmill or doing that run or, or uh, doing that yoga, you do it for a couple of times, you get up the, the courage and the will to do it. And yeah, you feel that, that pain the next day, but then that pain turns into feeling good and wanting to do more of it. So you, you just, it's muscle that you have to build up. I feel like you're aiming that at me a couple months ago when I got back into it and it was like, oh, yeah. what am I doing? But now, yeah, now I'm enjoying it. Feels it feels good. It feels good. Yeah. Easy to get out of those rhythms. Talk to me a little bit about your leadership pipeline because you, you have yeah. this promotion. When you said 20%, I mean, those are wow, staggering numbers. Yeah. So what are you doing to develop a pipeline? Is it internal or do you have an external pipeline? What does it look like? Uh, so I, ultimately, I think about everyone who works at Credly as part of the leadership pipeline. Um, not everyone wants to be a manager of people ultimately, and that's not the only sign of success and, and growth. Um, and you can be a leader without managing people. There are many ways to demonstrate your leadership abilities. Um, to, to me, it's, um, it's, it's really about understanding what each person def defines as professional growth and success. I think a lot of a mistake that I see a lot of companies make is assume that, um, that if you're not managing people or moving out of your role uh, into and moving higher up in the organization, so to speak, uh, that you're not advancing. And I see 
many people every day at Credly and at companies that we serve developing new skills that make them um, a, uh, a more productive, a smarter, a wiser, um, a, uh, a better resource within their company. And it doesn't always uh, directly correlate with so-called moving up, right? You can right. move out, you can move deep. Um, but in any event, I think to that extent, I think about everyone as part of the leadership pipeline. And we want to be the kind of company where people feel like they can deepen their expertise, pick up skills, whether or not that includes um, becoming a, a manager. So we have people on our uh, our uh, technology team, our product team that become you know, principal uh, 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 developers, right? They may become mentors to other members of the team. This happens on a frequent basis, but they love coding and they want to still build. They want to take on new challenges. They don't want to necessarily become a manager of other developers, but they love to mentor and to help people save some cycles and learn from uh, learn, learn from them and the mistakes they made. Um, we also um, have a, a manager team that meets every week. Um, and that manager team represents people who either are or have just become managers uh, at the company. So when it does come to leadership from a management perspective, uh, we have a lot of people who are first-time managers who didn't have management experience be before right. they joined the company. And that's, I think, where it's especially important to think about what the company's values are. Our, our, our number one and number two values at Credly are one is to pursue happiness. Uh, and that includes um, as individuals who work at the company, and it includes the people that we serve in their professional careers out with our network and the product we, 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 um, I don't think I've ever heard that value in a company at the end of the day, you know, what's life all about, right? Like, I, I mean, there's, if you're not enjoying the journey, if you're not helping people live a better life and knowing that for each person, it's very different what that means. And so we know that that's a really ambitious, um, value. Um, but I think it's a, it's a, uh, you asked earlier about, you know, the last year and what have we learned? I think if, if, if nothing else, um, you know, uh, people need to be healthy and uh, health leads to happiness uh, uh, as does a fulfilling uh, professional life. Um, and we just want people to, we, we, we can't control for, for a lot of factors out in the world, but we can make Credly a great place to work. Um, and that's where our values is, are so important. Which is one of the reasons why you guys are growing and not losing people in the midst of this, crazy new economy. Yeah. I mean, uh, Credly, both looking internally, but also looking at what's driving the growth, the growth of Credly is being driven in large part by the demand for um, when, when, when you look at our, our corporate customer base, you, you alluded to that great resignation. Uh, what's, what's driving the demand for recognizing people's skills in the workplace is a recognition that people are free agents. They can pick up their own two feet and head out somewhere else. If you're, you know, every every two weeks, if you're lucky, you get a paycheck from your employer that recognizes the work input, but what actually recognizes the skill and the human capital that you deploy every day? Um, in our mind, that's the recognition that comes with credentials, that comes with badges, and the employers that are that are flocking to the work that we're doing into this concept recognize that you, you can't just claim to have a culture of learning and upskilling, you have to prove it. So just as you get that paycheck every two weeks, um, your company should be writing to your, your portable record of achievement. That's your human capital. That's your financial capital. That's your human capital. Um, and uh, I think people get that they um, they need to think about a more holistic approach to, to recognizing uh, their teams. Well, I, I want to go back to something that you mentioned a second ago on the leadership pipeline, because when did that book come out? What... Uh, maybe like 2001-ish, the leadership pipeline, very dry, but this brought the idea up of you're going from people developer to manager, et cetera. 
And I love that you brought on that everybody's in the leadership pipeline, but they're not all going up. Some are going deep in it. They don't all have to be the, the principal of the school. They can just be the really a great admired teacher that's been teaching third grade for 40 years and does it really well. And yet there has to be some recognition of finances in there too, so that there's uh, some of the big companies that I get to work with. You only make more money if you move up and you only get recognized if you move up. So what are you doing for those people who don't necessarily want to become a manager, but you want to be able to encourage them to be going up in some kind of pipeline there. What kind of takeaways can we grab from that? Yeah. So I, I think um, number one, you have to, you can't assume anything about any one person. The best way to understand what somebody considers success and growth is to talk to them and to check in on a regular basis, because just because you checked in with them a year ago, doesn't mean that life didn't intervene and that their outlook on what defines success for them uh, isn't different. That happens on a very regular basis. We're all trying to figure ourselves out and figure out what makes us tick and what gives us satisfaction and what happiness looks like. So these have to be regular ongoing conversations. Um, the other thing is to make sure that when you open up new roles, you don't just look at the immediate team where that new role is opening up, but look laterally, look at other parts of the company. We've had people uh, who have expressed interest in and wanted to move from uh, marketing to product or vice versa. We've hired people who are opera, star, uh, opera stars into SaaS sales. It, it goes both <laughs> internally and externally. You can't make uh, um, uh, inferences uh, or assumptions about what somebody um, uh, what, what their desired path is. So talk to them, ask them, post your jobs internally. Um, and, uh, uh, and, and also recognize that a growing company, the, the job that somebody may want next may not exist yet. They may be creating it for themselves. One of the promotions happening today is exactly that. We have somebody who started with us um, just a few months ago as a data analyst and has demonstrated their chops in being a data scientist. Um, and through the, the applied work that they've done here, at Credly. Um, and I don't believe they've held a data scientist uh, role previously. And so this is a, a demonstration of how they, they created a new role through their own growth and learning at a time when Credly needed someone for that role. Uh, and they've proven themselves to be the perfect person for it. That's great. So what are these, what are these one-on-ones look like, or these check-ins? Because in my mind, I'm having this kind of the, the idea of almost like a it's almost like a counseling session at times because what makes you happy is I know it's not, I'm not saying that's what you guys are doing, but it's almost sounding like there's some psychology to what's making you happy. What, what do you want to do for success? How well, do you structure this? Well, um, good question. So the, the second value on our list uh, actually maybe applies to this answer very nicely for us. Um, uh, fostering a sense of empowerment and ownership is our second value. Um, I, my own personal um, approach to this in life, and maybe this is because how I like to be um, treated by my peers, is I, I, I feel like people do their best work when you're not telling them what to do, but when they're determining what it is that is right for the company, what's the next move. Um, and they, they are, it's either coming from a sense of mission or purpose about what the company stands for. It's coming from something internally about what they stand for and what they want to see done. Um, 
but I think people do their best work when it comes from them. And so as a leader, as a manager, as a company culture, um, fostering a sense of empowerment means helping people um, choose what, what happens next on, on their own. They might need some coaching. They might need some guidance. They might not know all the answers about how to do it, but you want to create the space and the room for them to learn. Uh, and um, obviously, if you can save some, some cycles and, and help people not have to learn the hard way, um, that's what colleagues are for. That's why good communication is so important. Um, but at the end of the day, I think at least at a, at a, at a, at a company that's, that's growing very quickly, or even within a division of a larger company that's trying to transform or grow, um, I, I think your best leaders are going to be the people who are given the space to, to demonstrate what, what leadership and what growth looks like. Seems like with, with the great resignation, people are looking for what you're talking about right here. So it's, it's not surprising to see that people are coming over and applying and being part of it. What, what are you looking for when you are trying to bring people onto the team? That's always an interesting question. I think yeah. it's more interesting because of what you're doing here and how relevant it might be. So is there like a criteria list or what does it look like? So there, there are some key criteria that cut across the, the, the company. Uh, it's funny, I think our, our hiring process is more notable for what we don't include in it than what we do. Um, we removed degree requirements from our own job descriptions quite a long time ago. We also removed um, a number of years of experience requirements. Uh, anytime we see a job description show up that says must have three to five years digital marketing or three to five years SaaS account sales, um, that job description gets edited and that gets removed. We don't want to summarily dismiss people who might be a great fit simply because they haven't worked in that role for a certain number of years. We want to judge them by the skills they have. Um, and so what we ask people to do when, the, when as an alternative to three to five years of X, Y, or Z is to tell us in three to five years, what would you have expected somebody to be able to do, list those skills instead. And you may find that you are opening the door to a more diverse, uh, uh, a, uh, a wider pool of applicants uh, before you even, even begun to, to narrow them down. Um, so that's that, that's one thing we do. It starts with the job description. Make okay, sure you- Pause real quick there. Yeah. So I would, I would imagine that you probably get some fun answers on that. Some that, because, you know, I always imagine that I can do way more than I, than I think I can at a couple, my optimism. So do you get some people who are just, it's, it's super high up here, what they could have accomplished? Uh, you're thinking about from on the applicant side, right? Yeah, like somebody coming side. I, I, in my mind, I'm just going, man, if I was asked that, I would say so much because that's typically how I think. And then I have to pull myself back down. Well, this, this is a, it's a great, a great point. Um, th this is, why we think having a common language for skills is so important because if you're changing your job descriptions to actually be skill-based in nature, instead of these, these shortcuts that groups that most companies have, have taken to either put a degree or the amount of experience or saying that you have to, you know, have a certain level of, 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 uh, of college education. Um, if you start speaking the language of skills, including on your job applications, and the members of the labor market are increasingly showing up with certifications and credentials, which also speak a, a skill-based language. Um, you take some of that, um, that guesswork uh, out. Um, the need, people have less of a need uh, to self-describe their skills. It's one of the problems we hear about all the time. One of our new um, product areas is in the recruiting side of the house. How do you actually help people find new talent based on these credentials? 
Um, and what you, you often hear is people are being flooded with resumes because everyone thinks they're qualified or it's just a single click. Yeah, I'll just apply for that job. Right. Um, we can do a lot better, I think. We have the technology to, to create um, better matches and to surface people who wouldn't have thought to click the one click. And maybe the person clicking the one click would think twice uh, if, if an opportunity came to them that spoke to their actual skills. So we have a very inefficient system when it comes to, um, uh, you know, uh, to, to how human capital moves around today. And I think the number one reason is that people are self-reporting and everyone has their own self-assessment of how good they are. Uh, and that, there's a place for that and telling your story matters, but you should tell the story based on some, some credible and, and trusted and consistent information. That's very interesting. Are, are you familiar with Seek Out? Uh, yes. Do you, is, there, is there some cross collaboration with, with platforms like that? Because I think what they do is they have basically a list of your skills that then matches with that, the, the ATS, the applicant tracking software. Yeah, so Credly is, um, is working with a, a whole range of applicant tracking systems and with HRIS systems and learning and learning experience systems because everyone is really trying to solve this problem. How do you have yeah. better information when it comes to skills? Um, our approach in the world, though, has been to, um, we work with over 2,000 organizations that issue certifications or credentials, whether it's the Project Management Institute in, in, for their PMP, which is the, the second most named right. credential on a job description, or the AICPA for accounting, or when it comes to tech skills like your AWS uh, from skills from Amazon or your Azure skills from Microsoft, or if you work at Coke or Pepsi, all of these groups are issuing credentials on the platform and the individuals who earn them um, are either employed by or seeking out new career opportunities. So wherever there is a decision-making tool, whether you're applying for a job on ZipRecruiter or looking for talent mobility using a platform like Degreed or Edcast, Credly helps infuse those decision points with better data. So we're integrating with a whole range of platforms so that anytime a person can present themselves, they do it with trusted information about what they know and can do. So, so obviously you got this tech company, obviously you got sales, and then you have the, the people dynamics. So this means that you're probably training all kinds of different fronts. And I always like to see what people are training with their, with their groups, with their people. So what is it that you see yourself going back to again and again? Is it mostly on the people side of things? Is it almost some more of the pursuit of happiness or is it more technical skills? What do you find yourself training your people? Well, we're, we're at the stage of a company where we're, we're, we're just beginning to figure out what our own company-wide training programs are and, and how to formalize them just to, to, to have, um, just to be totally transparent about it. I would say that the kinds of topics that our team really are asking for more training and, and guidance on, definitely around the people topics, as we have a lot of first-time managers and we have people who are who started in one area and are, are moving and growing into others as the company grows. So certainly um, helping uh, really, how do you unlock the potential of the people on your own teams? How do you be a better manager? And I think that's a, a common definition that I think all of our managers have, which is that this isn't about me as a leader, it's about my team. How do I elevate and amplify what my team can do and what their potential is? So a lot of our um, at weekly meetings, big chunk of that meeting is dedicated to a, a training or a learning topic where we're either sharing best practices or um, have, have um, um, uh, used the same training materials or, or even a book club format where we come in and we're, we're tackling a particular key issue around people uh, management, around dealing with uh, how do you unlock the potential of, of your teams. That's definitely one of the most common uh, areas. 
Um, uh, and, um, and we are also using our own network. So with 2000 organizations issuing credentials for doing training programs, whether it's leadership development, uh, Dale Carnegie's of the world, or your, uh, you know, your, your Harvard business publishings or, or tech skills, um, we encourage our team to go earn credentials from uh, our own uh, learning partners, our own customers. Um, and so on a regular basis throughout the week, you see people earning credentials for the skills they've picked up. We, we, you know, as a, as a, uh, a growing company, uh, but still relatively small, we don't have a large uh, training department, but we do have access to the world's best training materials and leaders. So we really encourage, we provide professional development stipends to every, uh, every member of the team uh, to seek out um, with their own team or manager's advice, what the right path is um, to, to bring and to bring those um, new skills back to the company. And then you have this, I mean, you're, you're using your clients they're using you, that great relationship. And Absolutely. there's that synergy, that trust that gets built up because you're both benefiting each other. And yeah, I love it. I love the, I always, I always love the book study idea just because it gives everybody the same terminology. Hmm. And so you're going through it and then all of a sudden everybody's using the same type of, well, did you start with why? Or, you know, what about the pipeline? And so that's always a fun way to go through it as well. We did one uh, not too long ago uh, with measure what matters uh, as we were developing our KPI, re-looking, re excuse me, re uh, taking a fresh look at how we do OKRs, which is a big part of our company culture and ultimately leads to leadership uh, and growth opportunities. Because as we're developing our objectives and key results for the company and then translating those into what each department um, is doing, it's a natural extension of that is, um, well, do we have the right people to execute on this? And if if we do, do they need some new skills in order to be able to uh, achieve what we're trying to do? So having clear objectives and measurable results um, and measuring the right things definitely connects directly to uh, leadership and development opportunities because it, it really makes uh, much more transparent uh, what skills you need to develop at the company. And by going through that together, everybody's using the same language when it comes to it, Absolutely. which has been your whole thing about skills, people speaking that skills language. Yeah. Well, what are what are some systems that you are using? Because you said you're are you're activating those systems, you're creating those systems. I know you're growing, so some of the ones that are being put into practice today may be changed or morphed, or there might be ones. But what are some things that you can share with us? Um, so, uh, so the the OKRs would definitely be on that list. I think that's a it's a a system which works its way from the company vision and mission down to departments, down to each individual, and then encouraging each person to have an individual professional growth plan. Uh, we recently implemented a new HRIS system where now we're, we're having each person record their own personal goals. They can choose whether they want the company to know what their own goals are, or whether they're private just to them or to them and their manager, but really creating a culture where people, sometimes if you don't write it down, um, just as if you don't create that new year's resolution to start working out again, um, you, need to, you need to have, um, uh, some personal accountability to your own uh, growth objectives. And so getting those uh, onto paper, even virtually matters a lot. Um, uh, the professional development um, stipends that I mentioned are also a key part. We really encourage people to use that. We also encourage people, we have an unlimited time off policy, paid time off policy at Credly. There's no limit to the amount of vacation days you can take, but right, as many companies- Stop right there. You got, this is, this is like the type of nugget I, like, I want to jump in on here for sure. a moment and hear more about. Uh, one of the guys that was on this at the very beginning, Carter Malloy, he said, we let people fire themselves from meetings. If they don't want to go to the meeting, if they don't right. think it's pertinent to them, they don't have to go. 
And so you just said something that's like that. So, so talk to, talk to us about what this is. Yeah. This is part of that value about empowerment and ownership. We don't measure inputs, we measure outcomes. Um, And so, you know, the number of days worked is an input doesn't mean you're any more or less productive than the person who, who didn't take as many days off. I personally believe that if you're not giving yourself time to refresh your, your mind, to take your mind off work for appropriate lengths of time, uh, if you're not changing your scenery, um, it's hard to see the world in a fresh way. And, and that's what giving away your Legos, as we talked about earlier, requires. You need to be able to identify what the next big opportunity is and look at things differently. The big challenge in having unlimited PTO, paid time off, is that um, uh, and having a group of, of mission-driven and, and high achievers is that people don't take as much time off as they should. And uh, we're actually now um, trying to track the time off, not uh, because of, it, of, uh, of an abuse of the policy, but because of an underuse of it. So I think it sounds great, um, but, uh, but there's certainly a lot of merit to a use it or lose it approach because people tend to, to use it when it's about to disappear. Um, I still believe in the policy and I still do think that it creates a sense of of ownership over how you use your time. Uh, but I do think it's on it's on leadership uh, and on each individual manager to make sure people take advantage of it. Well, and, you, and you've done two things there that make people want to work. You've created an empowerment culture there that, that's definitely going to do that. That's definitely going to. And then you've made them fall in love with the culture of what you're doing. And so if we love being with the people that we love being with, no matter where they're at. And what is it that Elon Musk said? He doesn't work seven days a week. He just, he loves what he does so much that he ends up doing what he loves seven days a week. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I think that's, that's, there's a lot to that. I, I, the only thing I would slightly revise about what you just said was, I don't think we make people feel these things. I think that, um, I think people really, I mean, either they're attracted to Credly because of our values and what we're doing in the world. Uh, or they come here and it grows, uh, they grow with it and we grow with them. Um, but, uh, but yeah, absolutely. I think that, um, I think if you stopped and asked any person at Credly um, today, um, what, what drives them, I think you would hear from everyone some variation on what Credly's mission is around helping people achieve their full potential. And for most people, there's some personal connection to it, whether yeah. they themselves have felt undervalued or haven't had that sense of ownership um, about their own career and professional path, or they know someone uh, who, who's been through that. Um, it's personal to people. And I think that's what, what drives the connection and, and why people feel so, so dedicated, not just to the work we do, but to their own development. One of the reasons that I did reach out to you in the first place for this is because the the mission of your company matches very similar to mine. Mine is to help people realize their potential. And whether I've led it like a large level or through a book or speaker or whatever it might be now, just as a connector, it's really fun to connect with other people who are helping people realize their potential. So at the end of the day, what is something that you say, Mike, if I were just to share something with people who want to grow in their leadership, this is a nugget that stayed with me and I would want to make sure other people have it too. Oh, wow. What a good question. The first thing, I'm just going to go with the first thing that came to my mind, uh, Mike, uh, which is um, some advice I got from, uh, from somebody many years ago before I started my own professional career. Uh, and his advice was to keep collecting experiences, diverse, different experiences. And each time you do it, the way he described it to me was it's like tying a string on the ceiling and you look up one day and you see all these strings each time you had some new experience some new skill some new learning opportunity 
And at the time you're hanging that string, you don't know what it is. It looks like a mess, but one day you can, you can kind of reach up and take one string from over here and one from over here. You can begin to tie them together in, in new ways. And I, I do think there's a lot about charting your own path, um, collecting um, skills and experiences, and then giving yourself the, the time and or finding mentors or leaders or learning materials uh, that can help you draw those connections. Um, so don't, don't be daunted by the fact that sometimes things don't seem to connect to each other. That's incredible. Uh, Jonathan, this has been so fun just listening to you learning, actually let time slip away and just found myself <laughs> caught up in the conversation before I looked up and thought, shoot, the time's up. But but we will put your link in there into the YouTube as well as to the podcast show notes. Thank you so much for being part of this program. Really do appreciate your time today. Thanks, Mike. And thanks for doing this series and for inspiring so many leaders. I really appreciate it you invited me into the conversation. Absolutely. Hey, thank you so much. And to all of our listeners, thank you for being part of today. For tuning in, make sure you subscribe, like, share with somebody that you know will get benefit from this. Until next time, this is Mike Acker with Masters of Employee Development. Thanks for listening to Masters of Employee Development. Do you know someone who would be a great guest? Send them to mikeacker.com forward slash apply. Do you want the show notes? Go to connect.mikeacker.com. Until next time, subscribe, rate, and give a review on Amazon or iTunes or your favorite platform.